Welcome to another episode of PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor back from an extended weekend. Took the Labor Day weekend off and went down to Pensacola, Florida with the family. And uh, we are back, ready to get back into it. And what a weekend it was. I've got a couple of stories we're going to go over here. Of course, you probably have heard about the Atlantic story thus far. I've got some added details. I'll go over that. Black Lives Matters had a weekend themselves with mayhem and violence across the country. Get into that a little bit. And of course, today is Tuesday, so I'm going to talk about some pollings and other various news. But first off, Woody, how are you doing? Woody is my trusted canine, our long-haired miniature dachshund, who unfortunately was not able to go down to Pensacola, Florida with us. So Woody says, woof, he was not happy about that. He wanted to go, but Woody, I'm telling you, we just couldn't take you. The, the hotel wouldn't, I know, I did say I saw a dog there, but uh, Woody gets so upset with me sometimes. So he says, woof, and of course, what that means is head on over to our website, thepblpodcast.com, where you can find us on all of our social media platforms at the PBL Podcast. Please click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And of course, listening to this podcast, please like, share, follow, uh, five star, whatever it is on the platform you're listening to. Please make sure that you help move us up in the algorithms by liking this podcast, sharing this podcast, and of course, rating this podcast. And if you have any suggestions, ideas, criticisms, you can email me at the PBL podcast at gmail.com. All right, so let's get on with it. First off, driving down to Pensacola, Florida on Friday, I was listening to Biden talking about the Atlantic piece. I saw the Atlantic piece as we left and um, so read the piece, total garbage, total, absolute garbage as most of you are aware right now but it it just looked like a coordinated piece and it obviously was and i'm going to show you some timelines and some details that prove without a doubt this was all orchestrated and it's all starting to fall apart now but driving down to florida one thing that was interesting again if you just tuning into this podcast, I am based out of the metropolitan Atlanta area. So Florida is a quick drive. I think it's about five and a half hour drive to Pensacola from where we live. And here is an anecdotal observation. I saw a ton of Trump stickers and Trump flags. I mean, a ton. Now, I added up all of the Biden stickers and the Biden flags that I saw go, traveling down to Florida, and they amounted to an equivalent of zero, not one. And I was looking. You know how when you're looking, you find things? I mean, I the Trump flags were just popping up everywhere, especially in Pensacola, which is not surprising. 50%, 57% went to Trump out of that county in the 2016 election. So it's a it's a decidedly red county. But the amount of Trump flags that I saw, I got to tell you, the silent majority is not so silent right now. Her voice is very, very loud. We saw a Trump boat rally. We were down there. We saw an RV camp where they had Trump flags on their RVs. When we were down there. We saw as we were just driving around, checking out the sites, flags and people's condos, homes, apartments. I mean, it was like, wow. And not one Biden sign or sticker. And that's not just in Pensacola, by the way. That was the entire travel time is that anecdotal, what we saw driving from Georgia through Alabama to Florida. Now, they throw 
and we're going to get into these numbers in a bit, but they throw Florida as a toss-up state. I'm not so sure after seeing what I saw driving through Florida. Uh, they actually have a, a Georgia as a toss-up state, and that's just absolutely ludicrous. So, so I'm, you know, it, 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 it's looking good for Trump. Now, when we get into the polling numbers uh, later on in the show today, there are, there are some concerns, but we are officially now past the Labor Day weekend is when the election season really starts. Now it's time to really pay attention to the polls. And yes, I know, I know a lot of people were saying polls don't matter. Well, they do. They actually do. If you look at the polls in 2016, in most cases, they got it right. Now, what I mean by that is the national poll got it right. That's why you cannot look at a national poll. You got to go to the state by state polls and you could see the trends and you saw the trends last election season, too. But you didn't see a campaign paying attention to those that be in the Hillary Clinton campaign. They thought they had in the bag. This campaign, you would think, would not make that same mistake, but it it doesn't look like they're really they're really paying attention. But let's get into this Atlantic piece. Uh, like I say, by now, you've probably heard of this piece. Uh, when they were the headline from the Atlantic Trump Americans who died in war are losers and suckers. And I'm not going to get into the piece. Now, it was posted on September 3rd. That's important to remember. It cited four anonymous sources. And that's important to remember as we get into this story. So now I heard about the piece before we left. And then as we were driving down, much to the chagrin of my nine-year-old son, I was listening to the news. And it, I mean, the news was basically talking about how, you know, Trump is on his heels. In fact, there's a story I'm going to read, uh, go over a little bit where um, they, they printed, here's, here's a headline, it's not a Politico. Trump scrambles to recover from report that he called fallen troops losers. Well, I was listening to Trump speak on the way down and he wasn't scrambling. I mean, why wouldn't he come out and denounce this story? They have four anonymous sources and they will not go. Um, the, the author of the piece will not, as Jeffrey Goldberg, will not name the sources. All right. That's his right to do. He is an, he is a journalist. Maybe I say that with air quotes. But anyway, then I heard Biden. Okay, so Biden came out and Biden was, was I'm listening to this now. I'm not watching it. I'm listening to this. And he was very forceful. It sounded actually good. He sounded coherent. He sounded uh, on his game. Uh, I'm listening to this, waiting for him to fumble. And I got to be honest, he didn't do it. In fact, when the press conference that Biden talked about, or well, the press conference that Bob gave when it was over, my wife and I both said, you sounded pretty good there. So, but what's the problem here? Uh, well, I went back and I watched Biden's speech. He didn't look good. He sounded good, but he looked horrible. He was reading a teleprompter. He looked old. He looked tired. And when you watch the speech and you watch him, you can see the mannerisms don't really match the vocal tone. And for me, watching it, it all fell apart. One, he was reading from a teleprompter, which I get, you know, he's going to hold a press conference. They want it to be extremely scripted. But here's the problem with that piece from The Atlantic. It was a coordinated hit. As soon as the piece came out, September 3rd, September 4th, the morning of, the talking heads were talking about it. And as one Twitter user, Tom Elliott at Tom 
S. Elliott pointed out Morning Joe now airing a vote vets ad featuring parents of fallen servicemen saying my son was not a loser. Amazing how quickly they were able to produce a commercial corresponding with an article that just came out yesterday. And it is amazing. Now, not only that, not only did this group vote vets put out an ad with verbiage out straight out of that article, that piece, also on September 4th, and that's when Biden gave his press conference, the Biden campaign put out an ad saying the same thing. Again, taking quotes out of that piece. That's September 4th. Now, okay, you knew they were going to run an ad, but that quickly? This means they had to produce the ad, they had to script the ad, they had to direct the ad, and they had to buy media for the ad. Now, I know it's probably, a lot of people are probably going to say, look, they probably already had the media bought anyway, maybe, but they had to move really fast, and all of a sudden this, this, this piece comes out, and you've got an ad from this one group. Vote vets. You got an ad from the Biden campaign, both using verbiage straight out of that article the day before. That's just a little suspicious. So this reeks, absolutely reeks of a coordinated effort to damage the president. Then you've got that political story that I mentioned earlier. Trump scrambles to recover from report that he called fallen troops losers. That came out 9-4, again, the day after, at noontime. So all of this happened so fast, and then it all fell apart. And here's how it all fell apart. So first off, the, 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 the writer, Jeffrey Goldberg, here's an, uh, a headline from newsbusters.org. The Atlantic's Goldberg defends anonymous sources. They feared angry tweets. That's right. So Goldberg defended his anonymous sources because and they, they feared coming out and speaking against this president. They feared angry tweets. Really? So let me let's get this right. <clears throat> they claim that during the trip in France, that first of all, Trump didn't go to the funeral and a little backstory on it. If you don't, if you're not familiar with it, and I'm assuming everybody is, but you know what happens when you assume the late great Benny Hill taught me that if I assume I'm making an ass out of you and me. I don't want to do that. So the little backstory, the piece that he put out, and I'm just going to skim over it, basically said that Trump, uh, they were going to go to a funeral honoring fallen military men, Marines. The piece suggested that Trump didn't want to go because it was raining and he didn't want to mess up his hair. And then the piece went on to say that uh, Trump alluded to all these falling servicemen and women as losers because they went into the military and they died. And why would they go into it? Doesn't make sense because they're not going to make any money. So that's it in a paraphrased nutshell what the piece said. Basically, it was the article slamming President Trump saying that he was denigrating fallen soldiers. They didn't understand why they go into the military and he didn't want to go visit them because he didn't want to get his hair wet completely false. So they had four anonymous sources and this guy, Jeffrey Goldberg is his reason for them uh, being anonymous is here. I'll quote what he said when they don't want to go on the record. And we have both experienced why people don't want to go. They don't want to be inundated with angry tweets and all the rest. So they want to be outraged that Trump allegedly uh, made this slanderous comments against military service members. Uh, and they, obviously they want 
people to hear and see what Trump is really about, but they won't put their name on it because they fear angry tweets from President Trump. A tweet? They fear a tweet? Yeah. Yeah, you you and I both know that's just complete BS. If that is his reason for not naming it, or the sources saying, well, I don't want to put my name on it because I don't want to get an angry tweet from President Trump. Well, come on, really? So that that's how that's that's where you can start seeing this thing just completely, completely fall apart. I mean, how fast can they get ads up? You know, I know they can get them pretty fast, but that is just amazing fast. And then and then the author comes out, Goldberg, and basically says, well, maybe that one part is true. Well, wait a minute. Or maybe that one part is not true. Wait a minute. What part is that? Well, that was the part that um, Trump claimed that he didn't want to go to the military service because of uh, the bad weather would make us, you know, it was bad for his hair. So <clears throat> Atlantic, here's the piece. Atlantic editor admits key detail of anti-Trump hit piece may be untrue. Really? And what key detail is that? Jeffrey Goldberg, the editor-in-chief of The Atlantic, admitted that a key detail of his article about Trump could be wrong during an interview with CNN on Sunday. When President Donald Trump canceled a visit to the, and I'm, not, I'm sure I'm saying this wrong, Ancy Marne American uh, Cemetery near Paris in 2018, he blamed the rain for the last-minute decision, saying the helicopter couldn't fly and that the Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. Neither claim was true. Goldberg wrote in his piece published last week, according to Goldberg, President Trump was overheard saying he wanted to cancel the trip to the cemetery because it's filled with losers. Uh, so at least 15 Trump administration officials who were with Trump on that trip have now disputed the Atlantic report. 15 people have come out and said, nope, that's not how it happened. That is just simply not true. John Bolton, who doesn't like this president, we all know that, and wrote a book against the president, didn't even add this in his book because he says it didn't happen. So here is what John, the the article goes on when it's asking about this information. When Goldberg was asked about evidence that the cancellation was due to inclement weather, he admitted that it was likely true. I'm sure all of those things are true, he, so, he told CNN. So he admits that the key detail that he that Trump didn't go to this funeral because the weather would mess with his hair and he didn't want to go see a bunch of losers was absolutely wrong. What he admits is that the Trump's advisors, they said the weather was bad. Now, think about this. Think about this. This is so asinine that this guy would try to pull this off. That, you know, the president, the most important person in the world, he is literally, literally the most important person, one of the most important person, a lot of important people, but the president of the United States is the most powerful position in the world. And they're not going to risk a bad weather in a helicopter that, that would potentially go down and kill the president. They're just not going to risk that. And then when you have these idiot leftists say, well, he could have just drove. No, it's not that easy. This is the most powerful position in the world. The logistics to make something like that happen are huge. And so the military, and this is from uh, his chief of chat, 
chief of staff, Kelly, who was a former Marine, was the one who suggested that he shouldn't go because of the weather issue. And he even stated that Trump was upset that he couldn't go. So if Goldberg admits this part was wrong in his article. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. How can we believe anything else? And with that one fail swoop of a CNN interview, poof, it's all over for him. All gone. And then Biden coming out with his forceful speech, with his forceful rhetoric. Looks like a fool. And then Biden's going to continue to try to use this. But somebody's going to have to tell Biden, hey, uh, Joe, Joe, all right, we screwed up on that one. Let's kind of pull back because, uh, you know, it's going to blow us up in the face. So watch now as it all just goes away. But you're still going to have some far left people are going to continue to rant and rave about it because that was the point of this. The point was to plant enough seeds to try to wedge away some of the military support to the president. And you've seen some reporting already. uh, I forget what that military operation is. Stars and Stripes already had a poll out that Trump has lost some support from the military. I suspect that's all going to change. So I suspect that you're going to start seeing that that's going to go away because the polling is going to show that the military backs the president. (sighs) Now, now that Labor Day is over, you can expect a lot more of this. And just like when all these other stories come out about Trump, it blows up in the left's face because they have nothing. They absolutely have nothing. You have to ask yourself, why does Joe Biden not use that line? Are you better off now than four years ago? Why is he not using that line? It seems obvious that Joe Biden would be using, well, aren't you better off? Are you better off now since Trump took over? And I'm paraphrasing from what Ronald Reagan said. Are you better off four year, than four years ago? Reagan made that rhetoric, and it is rhetoric. I mean, it's political rhetoric. We all know that. He made it famous, and he, he won an election on it. And you've seen other politicians in history start using it. Why is Biden not using that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because, one, um, with the pandemic, that's all he's got is to slam people in a pandemic, to say all the jobs lost, you know, the ec- economic calamity. Well, one, the stock market is doing phenomenal. So people's 401ks are doing well. And two, the unemployment rate just dropped. It just dropped to 8.4%, which is too high. But under Biden and Obama, it was 8.1%. So he can't. He's backed himself in the corner. He can't. So if the jobless claims keep dropping, because we got now, what, 56, 57 days to the election? If it keeps dropping, it's going to look even worse for Biden. He's going to have a much harder time to try to wrap this economy around Trump's neck. What Biden's doing right now is claiming that this will be the only president to leave office with more jobs lost than gained. Uh, 
Joe, that only that that line only makes sense that if two things happen. One is President Trump loses the election. He's still in office. Two is at the time of the next swearing in, which is January what January twentieth. Uh, we don't we have even uh, we don't have as many jobs come back, and he still does have a net loss because it quite possibly could be. By the time uh, the swearing the swear in ceremony happens, and he is, if he loses and is effectively out, could have a swing back up in jobs. But Biden can't use that four years from now nonsense. He just can't do it. He can't do it because things are looking better. And that is what the Democrats fear the most. All right, I'm going to switch up gears a little bit here. I want to talk about, uh, and I know most people are tired of this topic, but the Black Lives Matters movement. Over the weekend, we saw some more civil unrest, some more protests that really turned into riots. And there was one in particular that uh, just caught my eye. It was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And you may have seen this video of the Black Lives Matters marchers marching down and somebody was taking a video at a restaurant, cafe, outside cafe, and the BLM protesters, rioters were using bullhorns, using profanity, all kind of just hateful rhetoric and basically harassing all the patrons. You saw two ladies sitting in, in a table just get up and walk away. But then you saw the Black Lives Matters protesters going after an elderly white couple. And you saw them just yelling in their face. And then you saw one of them walk up, grab their drink, and just drink it. Well, where's where's Jake Karen Tapper saying that person wasn't wearing a mask and that that's one of the ways the coronavirus can be spread? But I digress. And you saw the, the couple just sat there. The lady engaged a little bit. But the guy was just sitting there watching him, which was smart. Because while the lady was engaging, if something happened, he was probably ready to do something. I don't know what, but he was smart. So they were, I mean, it was just, it basically, they're bullies at this point in time. They're, they're just, they're, you've seen countless videos where they go in and they're harassing people at restaurants. In this particular video, the, one of the girls knocked over a glass, uh, broke a glass, and another one slapped a glass down. This is after she just went up there and drank the persons, the patrons, the elderly white couples drink, just drank it. I don't know if it was beer, but hopefully it was. It was good. But, but anyway. And then I wake up this morning and I browsing news. I saw another video of BLM protesters inside of a McDonald's harassing the patrons in the McDonald's and the manager who was black, by the way, the manager came out to confront them and then they wouldn't let him back inside behind the counter of the store. It was the same people, the same people that were harassing the other patrons. Now, this is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a swing state. And the, I think. This has gone so far to the left. The left owns this. Even Biden's trying to wrap this around Trump's neck, and he can't. And the left has lost complete control of these protests slash riots. And if they don't get control of them, well, they're going to lose the election. And they know this, and but they can't get control at this point. It's the cat's out of the bag. The emotions are high. What are they going to do? I mean, it, it's just unbelievable what's happening. And if you look at the BLM movement, air quotes, it's it's complete fraud. You know, how is this funded? How how who organizes this? How is BLM a, a, an entity that nobody is looking into? Well, there are stories. Breitbart has done some uh, reporting on this. Like here's one, the complex funding and ideology of Black Lives Matters. 
Uh, political and corporate support for Black Lives Matters has become ambiguous over the past week. Everyone's email inbox is bulging with messages of support from corporate sponsors. Every website is covered with Black Lives Matters logo, and the group has benefited from numerous fundraisers and charity sales. But many people may not realize that Black Lives Matters is a distinct political organization, not just a slogan, a social media hashtag. And it is both enormous funding and a wide ranging political agenda. It's not just, a, I mean, what are the, I'm off article here, but what have they done for the black community? Where are um, the food drives? Where are uh, scholarships? anything. I mean, can you name one thing that you know that the Black Lives Matters movement has done to actually help the black community? I, I can't. I mean, even if I search it online, I, all I find is what they're doing with these protests. And now look what's happening in these protests. People are just basically getting harassed. So the founders and the founders of Black Lives Matters movement, they're radicals. Listen to this from the article. BLM describes its own founders as three radical black organizers named Alicia Garza, uh, Patrice Collins, and Opal Tometi, if I'm saying it right. Who cares if I'm not? Who created a black-centered political will and movement building project in response to in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's George Zimmerman. So this all thing came out of the Trayvon Martin thing. But if you look at it from the article again, BLM's History page proudly salutes the radical causes built into its DNA since its 2013 founding, including liberation, politics, and transgenderism. In fact, BLM thinks other black civil rights movements aren't nearly radical enough, especially when it comes to the gender politics of the hard left. Black liberation movements in this country have created room, space, and leadership mostly for black heterosexual cisgender men leaving women, queer, and transgender people and others either out of the movement or in the background to move the work forward with little or no recognition. And it goes on talking about the funding, how there's several chapters and at hundreds of millions of dollars have been donated to Black Lives Matters. And, and it even goes on to say on the, on the website what they talk about coronavirus. Uh, basically, they just here's what the BLM six point strategy for dealing with coronavirus is immediately pass a coronavirus relief package now that provides emergency funding assistance to cover expenses to massively test the population in the millions and provide emergency food and shelter to all homeless and poor. Provide a protection and testing plan for incarcerated people while in custody and upon release. Expand SNAPs, which is food stamps, and unemployment for the duration of the pandemic. Immediately legislate fully paid sick leave for all workers. Implement an immediate moratorium on evictions and utility shutoffs. Emergency funding for family and community-based child care for families who cannot work from home. Where is trying to get rid of the virus where is the you know mask where is all that stuff it's basically they're using this pandemic which is a scamdemic in my opinion just to forward socialist uh programs there, there's no help here and then the funding here are some of the uh financial backers of the BLM. BLM. Some of these surprised me. Airbnb, 500000 to BLM and NAACP. Uh, Anastasia Beverly Hills Fashions, a million dollar pledge, 100000 donated so far. Bad Robots Production, which is a film studio involved with Star Trek, Star Wars, Mission Impossible, $10 million pledge to anti-racist groups. BLM among the first recipients. See, they got a little wiggle room. They're saying anti-racist groups. So if it blows up in their face and BLM is so radical, they can say, well, we're going to change who we're going to give it to. Uh, BTS, a Korean 
pop group gave him a million dollars. Cisco, the electronics giants, gave him $5 million. Uh, let's see. Democracy Alliance, which is a Soros-linked group, uh, added BLM to its annual $500, $500 million donor list. DoorDash. DoorDash has given BLM $500,000. Ford Foundation, which is a far left organization, uh, has established a $100 million donor fund. George Soros' Open Society uh, gave them $33 million. Glossier Cosmetics, $500,000. This one was really surprising. Pokemon Company, $100,000. Uh, Scopely, a mobile phone game developer, $1 million. Spanx, Spanx gave them $100 million. Uh, it's just absolutely crazy what the kind of money that they're getting and what people are doing. So this BLM group uh, is, it, one, it's not a good group. Two, their politics is far, far left. You know this. We know this. We've been talking about this for a while. And now you look at what's happening with these protests. They're out of control. <coughs> How long before before it ends? How long? Now, here is the solution for all these protests and all these riots. In Atlanta, back on July 4th weekend, we had one of the most violent weekends in the city. And the governor brought in the National Guard. The mayor didn't want the governor to bring in the National Guard. She fought against it, went on TV, and denounced him for doing it. It worked. The violence ended in Atlanta. Atlanta's not having all these issues. So these governors, these mayors, who are refusing Trump's support, by the way, all they got to do is call in the National Guard. It puts it to an end. When I get back, uh, I'm going to talk about Portland, and you won't believe what the mayor is allowing there. When we come back from PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor, please visit me on the website, pblpodcast.com. And again, like, share, support the website by giving us a five-star rating, but liking it, sharing it, all those things on the platform you're listening to to help move us up in the algorithm and get more people informed. <laughs> 